Hello, this is Gary Hutchins with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to our Sunday morning Bible class. We're podcasting a Bible study that we post every Sunday morning for those who cannot be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. But now, not just the people around the Omaha, Nebraska area, but people all across the country and literally around the world. We're thankful to have the opportunity, the ability, and the means to be able to teach God's Word on such a broad-based, widespread basis through the medium of the internet and by means of these podcasts. We're thankful you're there and that you want to learn more from God's Word. We encourage you, if you're in the Omaha area, to come and be with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. Our church building is located at 3606 North 108th Street, 3606 North 108th Street. Bible classes begin on Sunday mornings at 930 followed by worship at 10.30. Sunday evening, we come back together at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening for another period of worship and Bible study. Then on Wednesday evenings, middle of the week, we come back together each Wednesday evening at 6.30 to have another period of Bible classes. You're welcome to any and all of these services, and you always will be welcome. Now, we also encourage you to tell everybody you can to go to our website at churchofchrist.com, churchofchrist.com. Click on the podcast button and sign up for our podcasting. It's free. It always will be free. When they do that, they will automatically receive to their smartphone or computer or whatever smart device they choose a Sunday morning Bible class, a Wednesday night Bible class, all of our sermons, and a daily Monday through Friday radio program called Search the Scriptures. And they'll also receive a short Bible study every single day of the week, seven days a week, only about 13 minutes each day, but it keeps us in God's Word, and that's important for our faith, because faith comes by hearing the Word of God. And that short study every day is called today's Bible class. Again, all of that will go automatically to their smart device, and it will always be free. So tell everybody you can. Share these studies with everybody you can through Facebook friends, text messages, and other technological means, and tell everybody to go to our website, and they'll receive all of that Bible teaching automatically, all the time. We're going to get back into our study from the book of Joshua. We have been studying through the early history of the people of Israel, well, really going all the way back to the beginning of mankind, and then that's Genesis chapter 1, and then by chapter 12, we see God then choosing Abraham to be the forefather, basically, of the bloodline that would become the nation of Israel, and through which Jesus would come into the world as our Savior. Well, We've covered a whole lot of ground, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the first five books of the Old Testament, and now we're in the book of Joshua. And at this point, we see the people of Israel having been led up to the border of the promised land by Moses, and then Moses, God takes him, Joshua becomes the new leader of Israel by God's instruction. And so he has led the people across the Jordan River. God stopped the waters so they could cross on dry ground. And now they're ready to begin the conquest of the land of Canaan, which is the land that God promised to them going all the way back to Abraham hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before. So now they're ready to take the land. There are 
peoples who living peoples living throughout that land who are idol worshipers. They don't believe in God, and so God tells the people of Israel, "You either drive those people out or you destroy them in battle, but don't let them stay. Don't develop any relationships with them." Because in developing relationships with them, you're giving them the opportunity by the devil's lead to lead you away from me and into the worship of idols. So don't have anything to do with them. Drive them out or destroy them in battle. Well, they would fight a number of battles, and ultimately they would conquer the land. Now, flashing forward, they stopped short of following God's instruction completely They conquered the land. The land was basically under their subjection, but they failed to drive all of those idol worshipers out of the land. They let some stay, and they became a thorn in their side, as God said they would. Well, let's pick up with verse 6 here, and we're looking at the first battle of conquest, and this is at the city of Jericho, beginning with verse 1. Now, Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. I think we're to understand that Jericho was nearby the Jordan River, not that far a distance away from where the Israelites were when they first crossed that river into the land of Canaan. Now, as they would conquer this land, then it would become the nation of Israel. And it would be the nation of Israel for many hundreds of years to come. Now, the the leaders of Jericho, they knew that this this Israelite people had crossed the Jordan River and were now near their city. They probably, in fact, had sentries, you know, watching the crossing. They knew they were coming. And remember now, we're talking about a massive body of people crossing that river, the Israelites coming across and getting ready to conquer the land of Canaan, which would become their nation. We're talking about probably somewhere between 1 million and 3 million people altogether, men, women, and children. And so they would have many men who would be equipped for battle. The people of Jericho, the leaders leaders of Jericho knew they were there, so they have put their city basically under lockdown as far as the outer walls, and it was a fortified city, so they had walls all around the city of Jericho. Those walls, those gates were locked down. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have given you Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. Now, they had not shot an arrow. They had not thrown a spear. There was not one movement in battle yet against the defenders of the city of Jericho. And yet God spoke in the past tense as though the conquest of the city had already taken place. You see, when God says something, you can hang your hat on it. It's as if it has already happened. And so he tells Joshua, the leader of the Israelites, I have given Jericho into your hand, its king and the mighty men of valor. 
And then God gives instructions. And from a human perspective, and certainly from a military, tactical perspective, we would say these instructions made absolutely no sense. But you see, they did because they came from God. God was not going to give them the city of Jericho or the land of Canaan through the Israelites' might and power in and of themselves and by themselves. God was going to give them the victories over the inhabitants of those lands, including the city of Jericho. So God tells them in verse 3 of chapter 6 of Joshua, you shall march around the city, all you men of war, you shall go all around the city once. This you shall do six days. Well, now we might say God was instructing Joshua to lead the fighting men of Israel around the city one time each day for six consecutive days. And if we were trying to think of a reason for that, we might say striking some fear in the hearts of the defenders of the city because they'd see this massive army encircling their city every day for six days. And that might break the heart, you know, basically, or melt the heart, I should say, of many of the soldiers who would be defending the walls and gates of that city. But God had something else in mind. Verse 5, I'm sorry, verse 4, and seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets. Okay, if we were just thinking military tactics, the kind of culture of the people of that day and that part of the world, well, again, maybe every day, once a day, six days, you're letting the defenders of that city see the military might, the massive numbers of the enemy that's coming against them. Seven times on the seventh day, maybe really bringing fear into their hearts. And the blowing of the trumpets by the priests, well, you might say, okay, that would be the sound to go to battle. Or maybe, again, just a kind of battle sound that would would even further melt the hearts of the defenders of Jericho. But God had something else in mind. God is not tied to earthly, human, military tactics. So verse 5, God goes on in his instructions to Joshua. It shall come to pass that when they make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. So God says, you tell all the warriors, all the fighting men who are going to be there, when they hear, when they hear the blast of the ram's horn, when they hear the sound of the trumpet, all of the fighting men of Israel shall shout with a great shout. Now, if that were the end of the instructions, again, we might say, okay, that's, that's to, to really strike fear into the hearts of the defenders of the city of Jericho. It must have been a massive 
massive volume when all of those fighting men of Israel would shout all at once right outside the walls of the city of Jericho. But again, God had something else in mind. And so he said, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the Ark of the Covenant and let seven priests bear seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord. And he said to the people, proceed and march around the city and let them who is armed advance before the ark of the Lord. Now the ark of the covenant is there at the battle scene. And again, symbolizing the presence of God with the army of Israel. So it was when Joshua had spoken to the people that the seven priests bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns before the Lord advanced and blew uh, before the Lord advanced and blew the trumpets and the ark of the covenant of the Lord followed them and the armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets and the rear guard came after the ark while the priests continued blowing the trumpets now If somebody was a disbeliever in God, disbeliever in the scriptures, they might say, well, that would make it a lot of noise. That would be impressive, but so what? They're still outside these massive walls that surrounded the city that they were trying to conquer. Well, again, God had something else in mind. Verse 9, the armed men went before the priests who blew the trumpets. The rear guard came after the ark while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. Now Joshua had commanded the people saying, you shall not shout or make any noise with your voice, nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. So there's going to be some strong discipline among these warriors They're going to shout, but only when Joshua tells them to shout. So he had the ark of the Lord circle the city, going around it once. Then they came into the camp and lodged in the camp. So that was the first day. And they encircled the city one time. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. Then seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rear guard came after the ark of the Lord while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp. So they did for six days, exactly as God had instructed. Joshua obeyed God, and then, by then instructing his army, the men of Israel, according to God's instructions to Joshua. And they followed through obediently, exactly as God had instructed every single day. Wouldn't it be wonderful if all of humanity would obey all of God's instructions today exactly? And every day? And you might say, well, what are you talking about? God's word is written down for us now in the Bible. 
Wouldn't it be wonderful if everybody lived by those teachings every day? They obeyed God's word exactly every day? Now, you have a whole lot of people who don't believe in God. And I'm not talking about just atheists. I'm talking about people in other parts of the world who may not even have heard of God yet. But then you've got a whole lot of people who who would say they believe in God, but they're not living by the Bible. They're not living by those teachings. And then you've got a whole lot of people who would call themselves Christians and a whole lot of denominations that call themselves Christians who do not follow the teachings of God's word exactly. They've made things up on their own. In order for the army of Israel to be successful in the conquest of the city of Jericho, they had to follow God's instructions exactly. And they did. Well, let's read a little bit further. Verse 13. And seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew the trumpets. And the armed men went before them, but the rear guard came up after the ark of the Lord while the priests continued blowing the trumpets. And the second day they marched around the city once and returned to the camp, so they did six days, just as God has instructed, exactly. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they rose early, about the dawning of the day, and marched around the city seven times in the same manner. On that day only... They marched around the city seven times, because that was God's instruction. And the seventh time it happened, when the priests blew the trumpets that Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Now, he did not tell the warriors to shout those first six days. But when the priests and the warriors circled the city seven times on the seventh day, Then Joshua said, shout, for the Lord has given you the city, as though they'd already conquered it. It was a done deal. God had given them the city. They would be victorious. In verse 17, now the city shall be doomed by the Lord to destruction, it and all who are in it. Only Rahab the harlot shall live. Remember, she hid the spies from Israel. She and all who are with her in her house, because she hid the messengers that we sent. And you by all means abstain from the accursed things, lest you become accursed when you take of the accursed things and make the camp of Israel a curse and trouble it. So they were to stay away from some of the booty, so to speak. But all the silver and gold, vessels of browns and silver, are consecrated to the Lord. They shall come into the treasury of the Lord. So the individual soldiers or warriors were not to take of any of those things for themselves. And so on that seventh day, after they had all circled the city seven times, Joshua said, shout. And he gave them instructions as to what they were to do and what they were to stay away from. Verse 21, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city. I'm I'm sorry, let's go back to verse 20. And so the people shouted when the priests blew the trumpets. And it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the wall fell down flat 
Then the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they took the city, and they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox and sheep and donkey, with the edge of the sword. So Joshua had said to the two men who had spied out the country, go into the harlot's house, that is Rahab's house, and all that she has as you swore to her. And the young men who had been spies went in and brought out Rahab, her father, her mother, her brothers, and all that she had. So they brought out all her relatives and left them outside the camp of Israel. In other words, they put them into safety. But they burned the city and all that was in it with fire. Only the silver and gold and the vessels of bronze and iron they put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. They were not to be bounty or booty for the individual warriors, but they were to be put into the treasury of the house of the Lord. And Joshua spared Rahab the harlot, her father's household, and all that she had. So she dwells in Israel to this day because she, did, she hid the messengers whom Joshua sent to spy out Jericho. So think about that. She and her family joined themselves to the Israelites. Then Joshua charged them at, the, at that time, saying, Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city Jericho. He shall lay its foundation with his firstborn, and with his youngest he shall set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout all the country. Now, why did those walls, those massive walls that surrounded and supposedly secured the city of Jericho, why did they fall after the army of Israel had encircled the city seven times on that seventh day and the priests blew those trumpets of ram's horns and the men of the army of Israel shouted mightily? It had nothing to do with sound waves. It had to do with God's mighty hand. He made those walls tumble. He opened the way for the army of Israel to storm the city and to conquer it in battle. God gave them the victory. Military tactics? God was at work. God gave them the victory. Again, verses 26 and 27. Joshua charged them at that time. Cursed be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds this city Jericho. In other words, Joshua is saying, let no one ever rebuild this city. Whoever does so shall lay its foundation with his firstborn. In other words, his firstborn is going to die in the process. And with his youngest, he shall set up its gates. His youngest son would die also in the process. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame spread throughout all the country. Throughout all the country, the whole country of, of, of Canaan. 
when Jericho fell, the word spread to all the other inhabitants of that land. And you can imagine that all of them realized the Israelites are coming. Now, many of them would fight battle after battle against the Israelites in their conquest of the land, but God gave them victory every single time. The fall of Jericho undoubtedly struck fear in the hearts of all the rest of the peoples of that land. God gave them the victory. God was the key to their victory. Their obedience to God was key. How we need to learn the lesson that we simply need to follow God's word because he knows best. And his power to change lives is within his word. Let's pray. Father in heaven, you are the awesome God, all-powerful. Nothing is impossible for you, Father. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. Guide us and help us to live by your word, by your teachings, in faithful obedience every day. And Father, we pray, and we know you will ultimately, but we pray that you'll defeat the devil in all the evil that he's instigating in our land and around the world now. The world needs you so much. Humanity needs you so much. You are almighty and all-glorious. Please forgive us, gracious Father, for not being what you want us to be at times. Please forgive us and put us on the right track. Please hear our prayer, gracious Father. In Jesus' name, amen.